Yeah, woohoo! Welcome to the Pack Rugby Show, ladies and gentlemen. My name's Jay Ball. I'm very, very excited for tonight's show. I'm feeling good, feeling great, and I'm sure you are too. Tonight, we don't have a full contingent. In fact, we're down a couple of bodies, to be honest. Um, that said, the bodies we've got in, well, one of them's really big and the other one's just very sexy. We've got Dallin Murphy on the starters bench and on the starters bench for his first time ever, Big Fat Dars. No, no, there's a definite line here, mate. <laughs> this is still Battler's bench. He's a still a starter, right? And no one on the Battler's bench tonight, um, Big Fat Dars. So, obviously, you, you've stepped up. We saw last week uh, Freens wasn't in the mix. Uh, uh, it comes with a, a heavy heart to say this, but Freeney, um, the kill switch himself, your pet Corgi, has had to step down just due to uh, family commitments and work commitments and so on, just was struggling to find the time. So unfortunately, it's just going to be you riding pine in the battler's bench for a little bit uh, solo. Do I get do I get the couch back again? or How long is this going to happen for? Only one week because yes. very excited to announce that Quirky will be joining there us as of next week as well. So it's it's very <sighs> exciting times. But Dallin, you, you're back and you're sitting next to Big Fat Dars. How are you pumped. feeling? And, and I reckon say good riddance to Freens. <laughs> <laughs> he was dragging you down, I reckon. <laughs> Kill switch. <laughs> the kill switch. Dal, straight into it with some, with some viperness. Yeah, I love nah, it. Nah, he'll be missed. He'll be missed. He yeah. will, man. Be Thanks be for the memes, Freens. It's been absolutely awesome. But he's going to be focusing on uh, the pack podcast, so be sure to tune into that because... Oh, man, he goes hammer and tong in that, man, and it is full on. But um, tonight we've got an absolutely massive show, and look, we're going to get straight into it. Our, our guest this evening, uh, you might know him as a former Hurricanes player, London Irish uh, representative. You might even know him as the assistant coach of the Canterbury Crusaders, but more than anything, you probably know him as the host of the Waddle Ad podcast. It's James Marshall. James, how are you, brother? Hey, good, mate. Thanks for having me on. No, uh, it's an absolute privilege. Hell yeah, Podcast in Australasia. Mate, you guys <laughs> We paid him for that one. Thank you very much, James. Appreciate it. You're off to an absolute flyer. But, mate, what a lad podcast. Absolutely heaving at the moment. You've had some absolute red-hot guests. I mean, it's it's going from strength to strength, isn't it? Mate, it's actually really hard for me at the moment because, obviously, the coaching gig's taking up so much of my time. So I've just been able to cram some in, in the bye week, a couple on the odd day off. But, um, yeah, my time that I've been putting into them's dropped significantly, but thankfully some of the guests I've had on have um, been unreal. So it's helped me still probably continue that sort of growth of the podcast game, which, as we all know, is a pretty tough one. Yeah, bloody oath, mate. We do this every bloody week, and at least you're a rugby coach. <laughs> I'm like we're operating a crane or digging a hole. So, yeah, it's a bit easier for you. But, mate, we'll, we'll get to a bit and you've more. And you got uh, that and that, that mo at the moment. What do you think of my, uh, what do you think of my mussy, James? I've uh, recently shaved it in for having a beard for 15 years. It's pretty hardy, eh? Yuck. I do like it. I think uh, it suits you. I think it thank suits you. your face. Line, thank you very much. Thank you so much. Line. Oh, man, it is. It's Pretty full on. My wife said you have so many chins and no chin all at once. It's pretty intense, but lucky I'm married. Um, well, mate, you as look I like said, a cartoon character. Yeah. I look like Dr. Robotnik from Sonic the Hedgehog. See? Oh, yeah, that's who he is. I knew I'd seen Robot. him somewhere. <laughs> Let's rock it without the uh, headphones on the main of the show, eh? I mean, the hat. Get rid of that. Um, all right, James, as I said, we, we, we're going to get into the Water Lab podcast a little bit later on. But uh, while we've got you, mate, you've got a very unique perspective in regards to what you can give um, in, a, in a rugby sense. You, you had a, 
are created uh, went all through NPC, you know, through the NPC system to the Canes, over to Europe, back again. Now you're coaching at the most successful Super Rugby club in history underneath one of the most uh, decorated coaches you'd have to say the game has ever seen in in Razor Robertson. Um, so I really want to pick your brain in regards to a few things and and a few things that could probably link up. Uh, in particular with Aussie rugby. Um, and to start things off, I wanted to ask about, uh, like, the, the, the third-tier system you guys have in New Zealand. It's, it's you know, 100-plus years old. It is absolutely thriving. It goes absolutely Godzilla from strength to strength every single year, even in a professional era. And we no longer have a third-tier competition with the NRC having been scrapped here in Australia. So I just wanted to get your perspective as a player and now as a coach, you know, the the benefits um, of that in regards to what it does for New Zealand rugby and what it could do for Australian rugby, and then also in return, what can we do to try and actually bring something like that into into Aussie rugby, in your opinion? Yeah, oh, mate, it's a great question, and there's no doubt that it's a massive stepping stone for guys. Like, we're, we're calling on guys out of there all the time um, at super level. Um, some guys haven't even played um, super and they're straight in or even at that third tier level. But um, I, I don't know if it's thriving financially. I guess that's the biggest challenge. Um, even you, you probably look at our competition and think it is thriving, but financially it's not. Um, I think it is still struggling to sort of um, keep hold its own there. But um, in terms of an investment, what you get out of these uh, young players, giving them a chance to play professional footy or semi-professional footy and um, see see what they've got, whether it, they're good enough to play at that high level as well. It's a perfect stepping stone for some of these guys. So um, for Australia, if you could, if you can afford it, if you can do it, 100%, it's um, massive to the game. But um, like I said, it's, it's struggling and I, I don't really know where it's going to end up here in New Zealand. Like it's hard to, hard to really know. But hopefully we can um, hold strong with it and um, keep it going there. James, you've got obviously a, a unique skill set in regards to your professional coach, professional player. We as Australians still struggle, you know what I mean? We, we get the odd win here and there against the Kiwis, but there's a fair bit of disparity still there. From your perspective, how do you think Australia can, can bridge that gap to, to kind of meet you guys, you know what I mean, five, five teams kind of toe-to-toe? Yeah, honestly, I, I, I don't really know. I, I do think it is a depth issue. Um, and that obviously probably comes back to that. You don't have that um, third-tier competition where these guys can get that exposure. They're going pretty much straight into super level. Um, and you do notice that when the Aussie teams aren't at full strength, um, they probably don't have the same depth that the New Zealand teams have. Um, they're calling, a, calling on a lot of Kiwis, especially like you look at the teams like the Force. They've got sort of four or five guys who are um, straight from the third tier over here. So um, I think they've got to do that. But, um, I, yeah, like I said, I think it's just the depth of um, the players that you've got there at the moment. Obviously, you've got to compete with a fair few other codes as well <laughs> over there. Oh, bloody oh. It's tough. Uh, but, well, do you see any value then potentially in the idea of, like, a homogenous competition that is super rugby? So at the moment, obviously, it's... You know, you've got New Zealand, you've got Australia, and within that you've got their respective unions. Do you think there's a way of maybe centralising, not just within the nations themselves, but as a, an entire competition that, you know, potentially we could have players represent, say, 
the Queensland Reds, but be eligible to play for the All Blacks and vice versa or, or something of that nature? Yeah, honestly, I think we need to get there um, probably sooner rather than later because I think that'll be the quickest way to even up the competition. Um, I get why they don't want players to um, be able to be eligible for the All Blacks and play overseas because it's just going to completely open up the floodgates here. Um, they're already pretty heavily open just with the cash that's being thrown around in Japan. But um, if you opened it up fully, um, yeah, New Zealand rugby would really suffer. But I think that's a great next step. Um, give guys a chance to see go live in Australia or play for a team over in Australia and um, yeah, really strengthen both sides really. And we Aussies would be able to come over here and I guess pick up um, some ideas from here and take them back. So I think it'd be a great step. Mate, um, uh, with that, um, there are more and more players from Australia and, and currently New Zealand that are going overseas to ply their trade over there. Um, uh, you did that as well, and then you came back. Uh, what do you feel? Um, uh, do, do you see great value in that, or and and or what do you feel could be more of a thing to entice players to come back home and play in Australia or New Zealand? Yeah, it's a good question. I I, I look at my career, and I've got no regrets about going overseas at all. I, I learned so much. I got to see parts of the world I wouldn't have got to see if I stayed stayed here, and got to experience some. Um, awesome experiences and meet different people so um, and obviously especially in Japan you obviously top yourself up a little bit and set yourself up for life after footy which is obviously pretty important as well so um, I think it's hard it's going to be hard and only going to yeah. get harder to keep the guys here um, money or even the like the lifestyle of the and the training over in, in Japan it's it's a pretty sweet gig for what you're getting paid over there. There's feels like there's not as much pressure. I know a lot of guys, especially who are playing at that top level, they're under it every every week. You know, like if they have a bad game, um, just mentally how draining that can be. Um, just not for you, but for everyone in your life, I guess, because um, everyone, bloody, you know, they're they're right in behind it, and they're all passionate fans, but. Um, can take its toll mentally so a lot of these guys love it when they get over there and know what can't read the media um and they can just go out there play footy pretty loose training hours and i think the season's about 12 games a year so <laughs> oh, that'll do that's not, not a bad one especially when the hammies are getting tighter and tighter <laughs> I'm, I'm selling it the wrong way which is bad <laughs> How was uh, uh, you played a season and a half or maybe two seasons over in Italy in, uh, for Aeroni? Is that right? And then they, yeah. did they actually go uh, bankrupt the, the year you left or the year after? Yeah, I think it was a year after I left. Because um, well, you left our pain too much. Apart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> no, I was only a wee kid over there. I only went over for a six month injury replacement gig. So. Um, that was just because I missed out on Super here in New yep. Zealand and I didn't have really anything else. It was either that or play club footy. So I thought, why not? Um, the Italian summer. Life in Italy and, yeah. Oh, mate, absolutely loved it. It was oh, an right. unreal experience. Hell yeah. You actually said before you had no regrets. Um, I'm pretty sure you went to London Irish in 2016. <laughs> Is that when the Canes won their first premiership, was it? 
Uh, I won the premiership and then I left. Yeah, after sure. That. That. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right, no regrets. Perfect. No, I was just trying to put no, two and two together. There, there was five. there was one thing. There was one thing. Once we won that competition, I did have a regret <laughs> of signing um, to London Irish, and I did actually ring up their CEO and tell him that I'm not coming because. <laughs> The Canes had, um, after we'd won it, told me they'd match the London Irish contract, and they're really wow. keen for me to stay. And obviously, I was playing, I was playing Stinger. more than I thought I ever would. So then I sort of <laughs> tried to get out of it last minute, but um, he basically just said you had no chance of pulling out or else. So, yeah. Your premiership went up, yeah, lawyers yeah. <laughs> and all sorts. So, yeah, I don't. Yeah, so I said I'll see you Monday and. On the flight I was. <laughs> yeah, sounds like the Canes don't know how contracts work. Uh, anyway, uh, just just touching on a, on something we've seen over the last couple of weeks. We had Richie Moonga um, a couple of weeks ago, and then Maurice Longbottom just last week from the Aussie Sevens, and both of them received, uh, for for lack of a better term, some pretty grim news when they were younger in regards to their career. Richie not making secondary schools, and he talked about balling his eyes out, thinking his career's over. Maurice Longbottom was a, a junior rabbito, um, but to- was told he was too small. Both have gone on to very illustrious careers. And you, uh, to a, a, a similar extent, um, sort of had a, a similar trajectory in regards to didn't make the 17s, 19s, or the New Zealand 20s. Um, and just harking back to what they were saying in regards to that, how do you receive news like that? How do you, you know, pour your life and your heart and soul into, you know, playing footy and then you don't make these rep teams? How do you you manage that expectation of potentially not being able to fulfil this dream of playing Super Rugby, then actually going on and kicking goals in that respective field? Mm. Uh, to be honest, I was probably a little bit different to those guys, like... Um, I was sort of, I was never as gifted as them. I, um, I was a battler and you know, although I wanted to play <laughs> professional rugby, wow. I never really thought I would be able to, um, I always thought it was a pretty far fetched goal. Um, and to even make, I like made the twenties camp, which I, I was stoked to even be able to, to be trialing in there. So uh, that was a real sort of confidence boost for me. And then. I never really expected to make the team. We had like Israel Dag at fullback and um, Dan Kirkpatrick, who was a gun back then as well. So um, I didn't really expect to make the team. I gave it everything to make it, but um, I was just sort of stoked to be there. And that sort of gave me the confidence that I wasn't too far off. Um, being a skinny little white kid from Nelson where <laughs> rugby wasn't a huge, um, wasn't a huge pathway back then, um, that sort of gave me a little bit of confidence that, I wasn't too far off and um, I could potentially make a career out of it. And this week, James, is obviously cultural round in, in Super Rugby. I wanted to get your thoughts on on how Australia and New Zealand can can better harness, you know, the Indigenous talent kind of coming through. Obviously, it's, it's different in, in both countries, but how do you think we can, you know, be better from your perspective? Um, I don't really know how it works over there, to be honest, but... Um Give me an insight. <laughs> well, mate, to be honest, let's put it in perspective. Um, Maurice Longbottom, he, he's actually Indigenous, and we asked him about it last week, and he actually just said, you know, put it very bluntly, he could have very easily gone down the wrong path, the people he was hanging out with, and he just said to be an Indigenous role model is huge to him. Even if it's just he might be able to buy some footy boots with someone, drive him to training, take him to training, whatever it may be, he wants to be able to play that 
that role model. And when you look at, um, I guess, the difference between Australia and New Zealand, you guys have a New Zealand Maori side with a huge cultural tradition. You guys have a haka that you perform a, a, a before every game. It, it's very entrenched there. We've only just started doing a welcome to country in the last sort of 12 months. We've started singing in an Indigenous language, our national anthem, and everybody buys in everybody loves it but there's, there has been a strong disconnect to the extent that i think there's only been 14 indigenous wallabies um in our 100 plus years of playing history so it is very different uh new zealand you guys really harness it and you do actually celebrate it a lot we are starting to do so on a greater extent now but i think at the end of the day we can both agree that being able to harness some of that talent and promote it and really get it in the game is is going to be hugely beneficial Oh, massively. And I, I speak to a lot of uh, young Māori boys all the time on the podcast who speak about their upbringing and sort of how they had nothing and sort of how rugby got them out of the streets and sort of gave them a pathway to stay out of trouble and s sort of save their life, really. And um, when you hear stories like that, yeah, you realise that it is sort of more than a game and um, getting these guys into sport, um is, is so important for these guys who don't have much else in their life and how it can be so helpful for them. So massively, the more people we can get into rugby or, or any sport really, um, the better because, yeah, when you hear stories like that, you realise what it actually means to some of these people. Mate, um, having uh, – you're officially uh, the – ass coach I think, I think that's what we put it well, <laughs> yeah sorry about that one James I'll you up with that <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, being the assistant coach which I found out that's actually what your role is um, with uh, Razor Robertson mate what do you think makes Razor Robertson such a phenomenal coach would it, would it have anything to do with his three NPC titles his six super rugby titles or his under 20 world cup would that have anything to do with it <laughs> <laughs> mate he's got some record eh like jeez yeah. He has done it well, and uh, no doubt he deserves that All Black gig for next season. And awesome to see the coaching group he's put together um, there, which was announced today, which is was an unreal team. I think it's probably five of the best coaches I've ever worked with all in one group. So um, I think really good hands that All Blacks are going to be in over the next few years, which is exciting. But I'm going away from your question, which was Razor Robinson. Um, what's he like, mate? He is he is a character. Obviously, you see that side of him. Um, what I was sort of surprised about was he doesn't do a huge amount of the rugby side of things. He is massive on um, the connection of the group from the board all the way down to the players, um, the theming of the weeks. Um, he oversees all, all the rugby stuff, but um, he, he sort of – I guess he backs his coaching team, which he selects, and I think that's why you look at his all-black team. He's, he's chosen five of the best possible. So, um, yeah, he, he's, he, he does the really big picture well and um, connects groups like I've never seen and understands uh, what players need during the week, whether it is an extra training or more time off. I think we train probably less hours than any other team in Super mm -hmm. Rugby, but and that's all driven by him. Like He's all about making everything efficient really like as efficient as possible so puts a lot of pressure on us as coaches to <laughs> make sure we can cover everything in yeah, the yeah. 15 minutes that we get but um it's all for the good good cause of the team do you ever uh walk into the change room and he's practicing his his spinning moves his, his, <laughs> his turtle spinning and there it is oh he's got it that was a new one that's Fortnite. <laughs> 
<laughs> check him out, eh? Yeah, he, he's good, eh? I've never yeah. actually seen him in the flesh do it. Yeah. Full performance. Like oh. That, when, we're in our, when we're in our team song at the end of um, games, you can see he's he's just itching to, <laughs> ready to get itching to get down. Yeah. I love it. He's moving. He loves it, yeah. Well, what... Uh, touching on that, how do you think he's going to uh, approach the AB's role? It's it's we've seen um, very uh, very accomplished coaches move into higher honours um, in the past, uh, and it can sometimes be a poison chalice because you've got such a huge record that obviously everybody's anticipating Rays is going to go in and and replicate what he's done all the way from being a player with the Satyrs. Um, all the way through to the coaching the Satyrs and everything in between. How do you think he's going to approach uh, to approach that to try and manage the expectations of, I guess, his history as a coach, but then also come into, you know, probably the most well-known sporting team, you know, one of the most well-known sporting teams historically in the world and, and try to really put his fingerprint on it? Yeah, like I don't know too much of the details of how it all works, but um, no doubt he's going to thrive on the biggest stage. He's like people love him. Um, you go to the airport with him, you're walking next to him, and he has to stop for about 500 photos before he gets to the gate. Like everyone loves the guy, so um, he's going to, and he he loves it too. He's going to enjoy, um, I think, being the face of the All Blacks, and um, he'll be ready for any sort of results or whatever's thrown at him but um yeah like i said i think he's put in a the perfect coaching team and um, i think he's the perfect man for the job uh, post the world cup you had a like a, a terrific career even though you're, you're very understated about it you, you got to play overseas you got to play you know in new zealand and then in you know finally in japan there as well you've moved into the media and some coaching now i've got a couple of questions around it one is did you ever expect to end up where you have you know what i mean after the footy obviously that's one segment of your life and now you're doing the coaching and then the media like yeah did you ever expect to end up here uh to, to be honest i always felt like i was probably more of a coach than a player even when i was playing like just the way i played i was never big fast or strong or wasn't very skillful but i felt like i understood the game really well and that's sort of um, what helped me 10. at that <laughs> higher level like <laughs> Um, feeding in the communication or just my decision making was probably um, what made made me get as far as I did so I always sort of felt like I was a bit of a coach out on the field and through the weeks but so I did always think I was going to do that but then after moving you know 30 times throughout my career with my wife and then three kids everything got harder and harder and um I then did promise my wife I'd never move again. So once we settled in Nelson, um, coaching, I was only going to coach if it was in Nelson. So obviously that's where Tasman Marco came up. Yeah. So I started coaching there. And then out of nowhere, Big Razor gives me the call and <laughs> really tested this promise to the wife yeah. whether I'd um, uh, do it or not. So um, yeah, now we're here. So she's forgiven me, I think. <laughs> and then what about the media side obviously you, you know you got a really successful podcast you're doing a terrific job in that space is this something that you always wanted to do um oh, when i was coming to the end of my career so i had hip surgery which uh i had a sort of 12 month rehab and i was i knew i was coming to the end i didn't think i'd play again even though there was a little bit of hope 
Um, but I had to sort of decide or think about some things I wanted to do. Obviously, coaching was one, um, but then I didn't want to keep moving around, so it wasn't really the dream. And I was trying to look at other opportunities. Another one was podcasting. Um, just randomly had a crack at that and gave myself a goal of seven episodes to see if I enjoyed it or not or how it went, um, see if it was for me. I uh, really enjoyed it, loved it from the start, and, yeah, still going there. Um and the other one was sort of like in the academy space. So I, I worked at Nelson College for a couple of years up there in the rugby program there and really enjoyed that. But um, I knew one of them, if I did three things, one of them would take off and um, take me to somewhere and managing to still be doing two, which is, I don't know, probably, probably a dream scenario for me, coaching the Crusaders and doing the <laughs> yeah. podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pretty, oh, yeah, you know, I just like, <laughs> give it a shot and I was like, oh, I might coach in Nelson, I might do a podcast. And it's like, oh, yeah, okay, cool. Thanks, man. Yeah. You can coach the Crusaders here. <laughs> yeah. Well, will this affect my podcast career? <laughs> <laughs> if I can oh, actually, it I'll do both. Yeah. Mate, uh, what, um, you kind of touched on it before, but um, uh, what made you actually land on, hey, I think I might want to do a podcast. Were you big into listening to them or you thought you'd be good at it? or And, and how awkward was it trying to ask your, your mates, hey, I'm, I'm kind of trying to do this thing. Like the, just <laughs> trying to get it started. That. We do that for I the do show, that. Big Fat Dash. Yeah, I just started listening to heaps of them. Yep. And uh, I think one of them that really inspired me was Artie's one when he first launched it. I got right into his one and, and he only sort of did – six or seven episodes yeah. and I sort of got to a point where I was waiting for his next one to drop all the time and I was like man there's so much more space and there's so much more um, I guess opportunity in the space to speak to more of the players and I knew from my background probably like 50 guys that I thought um, had unreal stories that I'd love to you know um, be able to put out on a platform and I just got sick of guys um, you know how they portrayed themselves to the media was so different to how I knew them. And yep. um, I wanted to be able to give that insight as well. So that was sort of the theory behind it. And um, I felt like the first few um, managed to, you know, get that personality out of guys and the feedback on the first couple was good. So I guess it just gave me confidence to just keep going. And um, yeah. Still going now. <laughs> Bloody oath, and you're absolutely crushing it. I, I want to ask you just a few things in regards to the history of the show. Firstly, what's the greatest moment, or I guess you could say, what's the best story, in your opinion, uh, that any of the lads have said on the show? Oh, I've had a couple of, I guess, um, Michael Fadialofa I had at the start of the year was a um, pretty incredible story, what he mm. had to go through. Um, not often you talk to someone who's uh, loses and becomes a paraplegic from the neck down or quadriplegic from the neck down. Um, it was a pretty emotional listen, that one, and pretty heartfelt mm -hmm. podcast. So um, that was one that stands out. That was probably the most recent. Um, yeah. And what about um, your favourite guest? I mean, you, you probably just mentioned that, Michael Fatialofa, but is there anyone in particular that maybe just dropped a some absolute zingers on you that was um, unexpected or oh mate there's been so many like I think I'm up to almost 200 now yeah and 
all of it. Yes, yeah, so I've I've never gone on one and just come off and thought, oh man, that was so shit. But um, thankfully, that, <laughs> thankfully. That oh yeah, happened, well, yeah. I mean, you have to listen to the Pat Rugby Show then. <laughs> so you're not so, 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 so you're not going to be interviewing Jaybor. Right. <laughs> oh, come on, mate. <laughs> oh, but but everyone's everyone's so unique, and uh, there's, there's always something out of the stories. Obviously, like Dane Cole's early on was big for me. I felt like he really opened up and. Um, shared stories a lot of people probably wouldn't expect from an all-black great and um, one that I always remember. So I felt like that one sort of kick-started um, the podcast a little bit. And from then, obviously, Bowden Barrett was the most popular. He's still the most popular ever. So um, everyone loves Bowden Barrett and mm-hmm. Geordie Barrett. All, all the big dogs, they're still the ones who people listen to, but some of the lesser-known guys like the Robbie Flynn um, not many people would have listened to that, but he is he is a character, and he was one that if you do listen to it, you'll um, you'll be surprised at some of his stories. <laughs> and I got to ask as well, just real quick, you've only had one Aussie on the show, Dave Parecki. What's doing? You need some more Aussies in there, mate. <laughs> mate, I struggle. I struggle to get Aussies on, don't I? I've I've had um, I've been in contact with James O'Connor. He's my next Aussie oh. that is coming on. I just. Obviously, at the moment, it's hard to um, sink a time. So post-super season, at the moment, I'm only able to really get Crusaders on because we've got the same time <laughs> schedule. <laughs> but, um, yeah, once once my time schedule starts opening up, yeah, hopefully the Aussie market is good to me because, yeah, I'm due to get some Aussies on. And who do you reckon, guys? Who, who would be – who's the dream Aussie? Oh, mate, me personally – He's a sleeper, but Liam Wright from the Reds has some of the best banter going around. Mate, he is such a legend, and he is funny as hell, and just an awesome dude. Absolutely awesome dude. I would rate Rongers up there. Yeah, James Slipper as well. Rongers is on the list. Yeah. Yeah. Slips, I reckon he's got a good story to tell and been through a bit, but he's just, he never ends. He just keeps going, and he's doing a terrific job. And he's in red-hot form, too. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, Bloody oath. Mate, Slipper is on the list. Mate, there's two. two <laughs> even uh, e- even Big Nella. <laughs> when we had him on the <laughs> on the show, he was just... Uh, oh, mate. He was just He's full loose. Nella. Yeah. That's the only way you could explain it. <laughs> yeah. He was a funny guy. <laughs> oh, yeah. I would say those three, I mean, across those three, you're going to get some pretty good yarns. So I, I'd put them wow. all up there. Bloody oath. They're on. I don't know who Big Nella is, but he's on the list. Teddy Alatupo. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> James, we, we do we do we do we do a fast five. So I'm gonna ask you five quick questions. All right, you can relate it to your coaching career or your or your or your playing career, whichever you want to do. First one is, if you could have any other athlete from any other sport in your starting fifteen, who would you have? Oh, any other athlete from any other sport? Geez, that's a tough one to start. Um, I'm gonna go. Oh, who am I gonna go? Um, I'm thinking rugby league. Yeah, I'm thinking rugby league. I think it has to be. Otherwise, it's, it's we've we've seen how hard it is eh, to cross over to union. Like, even even Roger couldn't do it. So like, it's it's saying something. He was he's one of the greats. So um, I was talking to Big Nelson. Asafa Solomona the oh, other yeah. day at Storm yeah. Training, and he said he was pretty close to coming. I was 
hoping that that was going to be the announcement, but I just saw today that he signed with the Storm for four more years, so that one didn't work. <laughs> uh, but he is a big man, eh? He's a and he's got a human. big rugby history as well. Grew up playing rugby yeah. as well, so. Yeah, he would go well in the French comp. Um, I'm <laughs> really struggling with this. <laughs> uh, I'm going to just go way out there now and just say... Um, Nathan Cleary. There you go. Ooh, I like that. Oh, shit. That's that a good would be one. sick. That's he really actually good. grew up in New Zealand idolising Dan Carter. So yeah. yeah. Maybe you'll play I for mean, the I, Wallabies one day. Or the Crusaders. Might yeah, be something in surely. there. <laughs> Mate, Richie's gone next year. Cleary yeah. could be keen. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first. Pack news. Uh, career highlight. Career highlight. Um, probably winning Super Rugby. Um, followed closely behind winning the NPC with Taranaki. Yeah. The year we were like completely written off. That one was a bit more of a underdog story, but um, both were pretty special times for me. Favourite teammate? Oh, now that's tough. <laughs> um, Conrad Smith was one who helped me up massively. He was he was such a good man to play with. Uh, on and off the field, he he was one who sort of always would give me confidence um, in my ability when when I doubted it, and um, yeah, he was he was just one of those guys who was so good to play with his communication, his work rate, all those things. He was he was a true legend, that guy. And let's flip it the other way. Least favorite. Least favorite. Oh, jeez. Um, oh, who am I going to throw under the bus here? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, well, Dane Coles would always get into all sorts of niggle, um, but I could never call him my least favourite. Man, I love playing with – he'd be top three favourites, actually. Um, least favourite. Oh. Maybe someone on the piss who was a pothole. <laughs> oh, mate, there was heaps of those. Um, <laughs> um I remember one good uh, end of year do when Jeremy Thrush, me and Jeremy Thrush ended up having a bit of a biffo, but um, <laughs> he, was, he was tough work. He's about, he's about eight foot tall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, mate, he would absolutely snot me. But him and my brother got along really well over at Gloucester and then they became best mates and me and Thrush became best mates. So it was a, it was a true turnaround. Not that I ever disliked Thrushy, but um, on the field he was – Harder than yeah. it was quite tough work. Yeah, okay. And then finally, mate, who's been the most influen- influential person in your career? Um, that would be Andrew Goodman. Um, he's coaching over in Leinster at the moment. Uh, took me under his wing coming out of school. Um, he was training for the Tasman Marco at the time. And he'd pick me up for training, take me to all his sessions. Um, yeah, and just throughout my whole career has been a massive influence for me, even in the coaching circle. So he got me the role initially at Tasman, um, learned heaps off him there. Uh, he left Crusaders and he must have put in a good word for me here as well because <laughs> somehow I got the gig. And he's just been a massive influence on me all the way through and still talk to him regularly. So, um, yeah, definitely him. Outstanding. Mate, um, I've got some viewer questions, but but before we get to that, you played uh, you 
played with or against or coached all of the Barrett boys? You've got Scotty, Kane, Geordie and Bowden. Who's the funniest, who's the smartest, who's the sexiest, and who's the worst? Come on. <laughs> We've we got wow. to be honest. <laughs> Clock's ticking. Um, Clock's ticking. This is just first thing pops in your head. The, the funniest yep. um, is, is going to be um, Kane. Yeah, there you go. Done. <laughs> smartest would be um, Bodie. Okay. What's oh, left? Oh. Uh, sexiest, sexiest and the worst. And the worst. <laughs> so it's, that moment's between uh, Scotty and Geordie. <laughs> I think Geordie's is probably the six, yes. <laughs> oh, poor <laughs> right. Scotty. Oh, well. I've gone too early. I've gone too early on, uh, on Kane, haven't I? <laughs> <laughs> mate, you've locked it in and that's all good, mate. Uh, a couple of these questions. Um, this one from, uh, is uh, from Lind Cars, mate. Who's on the list for, uh, who's on the top of the hit list for the What A Lad podcast? Who's on the top at the moment? Oh, top um, that has been accepted, or one that I'd just love to get because I've been. Yeah, I'm so. I've love had. To get. I've gone, try to reach for a few, and I haven't um, landed. I, I would have loved to have got Roger to have asked a check on. Mm. Um, I did ask him, but I did get denied. But he would have been. It would have been cool to hear how he was finding. Firstly, why he wanted to come to rugby, and yeah, now, yeah, even better, why he's gone back and how he how he found that whole. Um, transition and what he struggled with, what he enjoyed. So, um, and especially the way the Warriors are going, what he's excited about next season with the Warriors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was. <laughs> up mate, the Wars. Up mate, the Wars. Mate, mate uh, New yeah, Zealand's so, strongest. Like <laughs> New Zealand's strongest malcontent says, What's your max lifts in the gym, e.g., squat, bench, or deadlift? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> the only one worth mentioning. Oh, there we go. Bench. Yeah. Yeah. So my bench was 152.5. 0.5. Uh, big. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, it was a 2.5s. Yeah. Or the 1.25s. Makes all the so, difference. That was a lot more than my squat and my deadlift. So <laughs> I spent a lot of the time on my back lifting. Not so much squatting because I obviously had stuffed hips throughout my whole career. Yeah, so yeah. I try to avoid as much lower body lifting as possible. So that's any my excuse as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll just trick in the book. It makes sense, mate. Uh, Blake M asks, asks, who was the biggest class clown you have played with or coached? Um, biggest class clown, um, the Tongan Bear. Oh, oh, uh, yeah, Lonnie, Lonnie Uhilla. Oh, yeah. I love it. Absolute class clown. Very funny man. Mate, he's actually, <laughs> speaking of him, mean, he's one I need to get on the podcast. I think he, there we he go. would be. Put another one on the list. He's writing classic. it down now. Mate, uh, Mate my, list, my list is like <laughs> 400 people. I love it. Mate, uh, Will Drury, uh, this is the final one. Just a, just a really quick one. Top of your head. Who will be the new Crusaders coach? <laughs> just, you know, just casual. It's not loaded as well. Whatever you want to do, mate. Um, Whoever's the most fit. Somebody, Allison. Oh, oh shit! You reckon, or it is? Oh, no, I, I got no idea. <laughs> oh, <boy. laughs> Watch out there, James. If, if I knew, I wouldn't have been saying it. That's, <laughs> sure. yeah. like, that's why I was like, he's exactly flipping with this. Exactly right, answering. Cool. Okay, all right. No, I, I do think I do think he'd be um, a perfect replacement if if he's keen and if the Crusaders are keen. He's champion coach. He won the MPC with. Mm -hmm. um, Wellington this year, um, highly respected amongst the group, and 
I do always think it's best to have someone who's been in the group before. So if it's not him, it's me, and um, we move from there. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and, and finally, who's who's your rugby? Rugby. Explain yeah. this one to me again. Rugby. Just oh. a little highlight package we do every week. The the player oh, the we gone. we love the most from the weekend just gone. Uh, you know, who's your rugby from the weekend just gone? Oh, from the weekend just gone, it has to be um, David Havili, oh, the yeah. one and only Crusaders second five. Who? Oh, look, seventeen carries. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, hey, look at this freakish! It's like you knew I was going to pick him. Yeah, we knew before you clearly did. <laughs> Zach, yeah. Zachy's very good. Lucky I didn't change my answer. <laughs> oh, oh mate, I was thinking that actually. I was like, oh shit, here we go. Lucky we're not live. Um, but mate, he's been he's been absolutely phenomenal this year. Notched up a hundred games recently. He's the the epitome of just perseverance, isn't he? Yeah, and like he's only just come back. He he missed half the season with a little shoulder, so he's played the last two games and. Man, he's been a massive influence for us. He drives a lot of our gameplay. It's not just the stuff you see. It's the stuff he's talk, talking about on the field, like um, his leadership, his communication, and uh, the way he drives standards in our team is just world-class. And I felt like we missed his, um, his voice there for a while when he wasn't there. So <laughs> awesome to have him back there at 12. And it was awesome to see him drop back to fullback in the weekend too. Yeah. Um, just shows his versatility, um, which I think is going to be important for not just us, but the All Blacks going forward in the World Cup. Bloody oath. Agreed, mate. Well, James, mate, thanks so much for taking the time to have a yarn to us, mate. It's been very insightful and pretty bloody funny, and it's been awesome to have you on and just run through everything from what allowed all the way through the Saders, mate. So thanks for your time and all the best for the rest of the season and all the best. Uh, hopefully you can get some of the Aussie blokes on the potty. Yeah, surely. But hey, thanks for having me on. It's uh, I've been waiting for my opportunity to come on the, this <laughs> podcast in Australasia. So I'm uh, yeah, grateful bro. to have that opportunity. Bless you, brother. James Marshall, everybody. James. James Marshall. He's awesome. Absolutely killing it. Like mm. uh, the career he's had to transition into the media space. What a humble man. I know. He's like, oh, yeah, no. You know, just good. I wasn't really tried. I just coach. made the New Zealand under 20s <laughs> camp, which was cool. I'm like. <laughs> Yeah, really so that you mean like top forty players for your age group that it year? Didn't really. See oh yeah, I didn't really see myself as being a good footy player. It's like, okay, go. making us feel so bad about ourselves. Um, all right, well, let's go straight into it then. A, a fair amount of news has come out um, over the last week that we'll just we'll just rip straight into. Uh, big fat dars. We'll start with this, right? Mariki Kotoi Bete <laughs> becoming just the sixth uh, Wallaby. Oh to win the John Eels medal on multiple occasions and having done it last season off only nine tests. Absolutely awesome. Because uh, it's Corabiti, mate. He's, he, he, just, the impact he has for the Wallabies is just like knowing that he's back there, knowing the ball goes to him and you're like, he's just going to start a Corabiting. And, and his, <laughs> um, the spring tour didn't, didn't count for him? Is that, is, that, is that why he only got the nine? It was 12 tests. Yeah. 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 He missed those. He missed three of them. Um, I still have my gripe about how the whole the uh, AIU. You mean announced six months later yeah, on, yeah, on yeah. Instagram? It's like, oh, I didn't know Wallaby's played any games in the last four or five months. Um, but mate, all 
everything to him, mate. He's just a freak and can't wait for him to come back for the World Cup. So well deserved, yeah. mate. And he's going to be absolutely awesome for it this year. This year. And and Dow, out of the uh, force game on the weekend, just gone. Awesome win over the Highlanders. But a minute in, we saw Ollie Callan, a rising star in Aussie rugby at the moment, got that sickening uh, neck injury, out of hospital, mm. cleared of any serious neck injuries, but hopefully trying to come back sometime this season in Super Rugby. But good yeah. news all around. Fantastic news. Obviously, you, you don't like to see that, and it, it's nice to see him back. And, and they are talking about him, you know, coming back and, and playing Super Rugby this year. So, hats off to him. It's never nice to see, but it's nice to see he's okay. And speaking about coming back from injury, I'll get your thoughts on this as well, Dale. We saw Quay <laughs> Cooper in camp last week was saying, "Yep, I'm scheduled to make my uh, return from injury this weekend," and then ceremoniously took the field. Kicked the ball off and was gone within the first minute. Not through injury, but literally that was just to... I think it was to be eligible for finals or something, wasn't it? Yeah, so he had to play one more game and they've got a promotion relegation happening over the next couple of weeks. And that's basically three weeks away. So he's not quite ready, but by that point he will. So qualify him, get him ready to go, get him off the field as soon as possible. He no did. matter how you skin this cat, Dars, it's awesome to see Quay Cooper back playing. He, he didn't lie. He said he was going to be on the field, Right. He, he te- said he was he coming did. back from injury. And he technically did. He did exactly that. Right? Uh, oh, man. So you start seeing Quaid lose up, uh, lace up the boots. That's when you start getting excited, mate. Oh, bloody oath, Love man. seeing him on the field, mate. I, I hope he's our 10 at the World yep. Cup. Hopefully, I, I really do. Hopefully he plays more minutes than he just did, but whatever. <laughs> hopefully maybe, we can get more 10. than a minute out of him. That'd be great. Cheeky 10, maybe. Um, and some weird news, Darcy. You actually brought this to all of our attention. We thought it might have been an April first, uh, April Fool's joke. <laughs> Did have to check the date. Was the fact that uh, the Wallabies have confirmed they will be wearing a white jersey in their pool match against Portugal at the upcoming Rugby World Cup, based on an edict coming down, I think, from World Rugby regarding uh, being inclusive to people that are colourblind. Mm. Your thoughts. <laughs> Well, then you later added to it saying apparently the Sappers and the Kiwis said no. <laughs> but the Wallabies <laughs> said yes. Um, uh, I don't really understand the process too much about how the white and the gold. Um, uh, um, I then started trying to design our, my own jerseys um, for the hard of hearing, Dow. So what I've designed is it's just normal Wallaby jersey, but underneath the armpits is like ski ski jacket material. So it goes. Whoosh, 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 whoosh. <laughs> so for the people that are hard of hearing, they can hear the players, right? You just close your eyes. And, you whoosh, 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 whoosh. and then for the people that are um, uh, hard of sight, all the numbers will be on, will, will be braille. So that'll, that'll be a big effect. And then for the people that are, have a, oh, a really bad at a sense of direction, um, it's also the um, it's also going to be the Aboriginal jersey. It's going to be a, it's called the the Gammon Garmin uh, jersey, and it'll be like a full Refidex on the front of it. So people <laughs> no sense of and sense of smell. We just we just won't we just won't wash the Wallaby jerseys for a couple of weeks, and people will be able to smell the Wallabies out. So these are just some ideas that I put forward, and they're all rejected. By the staffers <laughs> and the Kiwis, so maybe the Wallabies will take them up. I'm not too sure. We'll see. Dallin's never been this close to your weirdness. <laughs> I like it. Bring back the Battlers bench. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Put, me ba- put me back over there. <laughs> One last thing. Quirky will be back to, to lighten the load next week. One last thing, though, Dow. 
Peter Volandis, mate, going hard in the paint, ragging on the rugby, <laughs> saying, you know, rugby needs uh, rugby league's notoriety just to get any publicity. Him and Hamish McLennan are going back and forth. And Peter Volandis has come out and said that they're going to offer salary cap reprieve for clubs who sign rugby players. Yeah, well, it started off as they're going to offer salary cap reprieve from signing overseas players. Anyone who kind of sits outside of Australia and New Zealand, overseas-based players, they'd offer that. But he's extended it now because of, of what's happened with, with rugby, you know, and Joseph Suali'i over the last couple of weeks. is It's now rugby players as well, so they've come into it. So, you know, it's going to be interesting to see who gets over there and, and all of a sudden becomes a... A rugby league player. I'm loving it, man. It's great. It's terrific. Is I this, think it's outstanding. Will this be used more as a um, like a bargaining chip for player managers? Like, do you think some people will be doing like a Quade Cooper thing? It's like you, if you play one minute in rugby union and then come back to league. You know what I mean? Like, like could you or let or let like a junior sign with the Tars for three years and then when they're 21 and up to the league standard. Let's, Sign pre- more. Let's just pretend, just pretend <laughs> that you are a dodgy player manager. Let's just pretend, right? Use your imagination. Yeah. If you were to be dodgy, how would you do it? <laughs> <laughs> how, how are we going to do it? Are we going to get the most money for our How are you going to do it? How are we going to How, do how it? are we? <laughs> Sign me up. Yep. Yep. I yep. think you're thinking too far into it. Oh, he's, all, he's all over it. <laughs> All right. Good answer. Okay. <laughs> All right. Big Fat Dust, anything from the Battlers bench this week, mate? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh uh, yeah. Yep, we do. We do. Uh, <laughs> I'm my, checking my... my um, uh, I actually <laughs> went down to... I was going to do a burger review down at Jeeps. I went down there on Friday night and I um, went and uh, <laughs> I did buy... I, I paid for my burger. They, they accepted my money. And um, actually, Zachy, I think I got a photo of the burger that I actually was given. I was only given my token. I went to claim my burger. And by the time I walked from paying for it at the canteen to the barbecue, they shut the roller door on me. So this is an indictment against... Look at that. The fact that I still have it in my pocket. So just, did you get your money back? No, they closed it. Uh, zero. Okay, I'm going to give zeros across the board. Burger, zero, didn't get it, right? The ambience, didn't get it. The beers, well, we did have a couple of other games, so that wasn't too bad. I'll give that a two. But the rest, zero. So that's the first ever basically flat zero burger review. TBC, I guess. So um, quite disappointed, you know. How do you play How do you play a game of Friday night footy with no burger in your tummy, right? You tell me that. Did, so, you, win? did you win? Yeah, 36-10. So, Love it. You know, burger would have like made it all delicious. Also, um, <laughs> we ended up having a. Uh, I ended up finding a uh, a look like J Ball. Who do you think this looks like up up here? And this, who do you reckon that looks like? Uh, Dallin. Yeah, Sergio Ramos. <laughs> he also. Um, I'll take that any day. Yeah, yes. oh, oh, you will. Okay. He's <laughs> better also, than looking like a male Greta Thunberg or whatever Freeney threw me under the bus as. He's uh, he's also been known to have terrible haircuts, just like someone else I know. Yeah, yeah happy days. Well, you're happy with that? <laughs> Classic Dow. I love it. Mate, um, also, um, <laughs> with all the chat from Atco about the, the great revelation that uh, that there were cattle prods being used at the... Uh, <laughs> At the Wallabies camp. This is Echo here. News coming out of that. How are people liking it? Is it, you know, is it flowing pretty well? What's up? 
What's up? He uh, he pulled out a cattle prod. What? Hey? No. He did? Yeah, like an electric oh, cattle prod. I love that. Did he really? <laughs> I, and I do love it. Yeah. So, as you heard before, I did love that. So what I thought I'd do is, <laughs> is try to figure out what type of cattle prod slash taser Eddie would have used or should use for the upcoming Wallaby. Well, let's just put on this sexy guy to, to tell us what it's all about. Thanks, Big Fat Daz. Big Fat Daz here from the Battlers Bench, and we have the eight best cattle prods on the open market available for Eddie Jones to use in the World Cup and the upcoming Wallaby camps. Coming in at number eight with a bullet is the Miller SS36. Good on cows, may not be as good on props as, as he may hope, um, there's a couple of things about this one. It does have a detachable fiberglass rod. It makes a buzzing sound when active, so players will know when he's sneaking up behind. However, it would benefit from a holster. So Eddie may have to put it on the ground. He may see, see an issue, need it at hand. It's not there. He'll have to walk back and get it. That'll make him fuming. Coming in at number seven is the Hotshot Power Might. Interesting little blue number, right? We don't see many of these on the market. It's very good for short range. However, it was made in the United States, but a compatible holster is available, but the trigger is hard to press. So if Eddie is enraged and he needs to click it, he may fumble on it. That won't work. Coming in at number six is the 32 centimeter. Now this orange and yellow number has an 8,000 volt output, has a rechargeable battery, and it is moisture resistant, which is great up in Townsville, bottom of a ruck, bottom of a scrum, in between the legs. Coming in at number five is the Hotshot HS2000. This is a sleek ribbed green member. Um, couple of things about this one. It's got sealed components to keep out debris, because <laughs> a lot of debris comes flying when you start zapping. Wrist strap is included. However, the safety clip is awkward to use. So if Eddie's trying to put it in the top of his tracky dax, we don't know what'll happen. So that's, that's unfortunately why I kept it down number five. Number four is the MZA Orange. Now, if you notice, there's a couple of very unique uh, features in the MZA Orange. The first one it is available in three lengths, good for, good for short guys like your halfbacks, up to your flankers, all the way up to the tippy top for your second rowers. Disassembles uh, four easy carrying, and it has a grooved outer case. Just for the grip because Eddie's going to need it when he, when he starts huffing. Coming in at number three, unfortunately in bronze, is the Magrath 34-incher. Um, if you notice where the trigger is, down, down halfway down the casing, it, it's great. Very ergonomic. Shock is safe for small stock. Hmm, could be bigger. Made of high-impact plastic, non-slip textured grip. Ribbed for her pleasure. Meow. Number two is the Brad Thorne Waterproof. This is the one that Brad used to use on, on Big Nella. Um, coming in at silver, uh, it's got a well-placed power switch, has detailed instruction manual included, and plastic cover protects the charging port from that debris that we did mention earlier. Um, coming in at number one, I think we all knew it. <laughs> of course, it's the Miller DX36. You know, it's it, it's been top of its class for the last 10, 15 years, and you wonder why. It has the insulated handle, has an oversized trigger for easy to, easy to press, convenient snap-on power pack, comes in a backpack form so Eddie can be driving the car, back of the bus, up in a plane, at training, at press conferences. He's always ready to go. And that, with a bullet, ladies and gentlemen, is the eight best cattle prods for Eddie, Eddie Jones to use in the open market. <laughs> yeah.
Battle's bench. Bravo! That's your best. I just, I just hope Eddie uses that information. Do with that information what you will, Eddie. Wrapped on waterproof. Well, you know, it's what Brad used to use, so. That's genius. Oh, we all knew it was going to be the Miller 36. Of course. I think, I think we all knew it was going to be the Miller DX, DX 36. Your brain is so awesomely terrifying, man. Yeah. <laughs> How did you get the graphics like that? Can, I, can Darcy be here? <laughs> can he be up with me all the time now? <laughs> yeah. Did you Quirky. feel the, the heat coming off me? <laughs> Quirky can be right. Quirky can be the battler. <laughs> yeah, why is it Quirky the battler? Yeah. Right? He right. may well be now. I think oh. he is. I think he will be. My throat is so sore. I'm so, that I'm was so insane. I'm, I'm so proud of you. That was <laughs> so insane, man. All right, let's plow ahead. Let's just have a look forward to our red hot takes from this weekend. There's plenty of footy coming up oh. this weekend, but let's just narrow it down to a couple red hot takes uh, from the boys over here. Big Fat Dar, starting with you, your big red hot take for this weekend. Sydney Uni to get flogged by the Wicks. I just don't think... I think Sydney Uni's coming off two, two losses in a row. They just weren't... They weren't up to it last week. You think give, the give weeks. Them a flogging and I just like, and how much the Sydney universe oh, I hate that. But yes, the flogging is they lose by more than four. Right? <laughs> what a flogging. <laughs> yeah. If you go to Sydney Uni, that's a flogging. Well they got flogged by two blues on the weekend. Oh, Seventeen yeah. point boost. loss, I think it was. They so. were boost, mate. Yep, so that. red hot take. Dow, your red hot take? The Drua beat the Blues. Ooh, That's at massive. home? Is this at home They again? stay undefeated at home and they beat the Blues. That's absolutely huge if true. It's true. I'm telling you. You, okay, you look down the barrel of the camera and you did it. Oh, my God, that was so good. Mm. Oh, I thought you were saying do it now. No. Like He's already done that, brother. <laughs> yeah. Mate, that's absolutely huge if true. And I think both of those things could likely happen. Yep. Uh, Will, all things likely considered. Happen. Will likely happen. Now it's just time for uh, to round things out with our rugby for this week. Big fat dust. <laughs> Um, starting with you, your rugby goes to Bryce Hegarty. Bryce Hegarty. Mate, he just... Um, there it is. <laughs> Mate, uh, just, he's just one of those... He's like my Hamish Stewart, right? You know what I mean? <laughs> I just keep pushing it. <laughs> Bryce Hegarty... Like, this was the player that the, that the Reds used to count on so much. He's gone over to the force. And I think this is the first game that he's really, really hit his straps. Uh, he had a couple... Of, I think he was a little bit injured at the start of the year, but he's like... This shows the value of just a just a safe like Mister Everywhere kind of ten, and his goal kicking and conversions just kind of gave, made me give him his rugby. Bloody oath, mate! It's good to see him firing again. Fourth yeah. Super Rugby club in Australia, so he's been everywhere and he's doing pretty bloody well. Dow, your rugby is young fella out of the brethren, mm. Tim Ryan. Tim Ryan, one to watch. Currently a straight under twenties camp, but some of the stuff he did on the weekend, obviously this try here. Which was after slipping over, outstanding in itself. But this next try he scores was phenomenal. And it beats one here off the left foot, left foot again, sharpens up here. Jordan Luke, which is no mean feat, bang off that right foot, and he's just so elusive. He's so young still, just 19 years of age, and just doing a terrific job there on the flank for the brethren. Absolutely chopping up. I think brothers are going to go. It, it's brothers to lose this year in my opinion they're there man and the players they're likely going to get back it's going to be absolutely red hot all right well that rounds out this week's episode of the pack rugby show uh very much appreciate everybody tuning in as per usual dallin so good to have you back back. battler's bench where's my couch 
It'll be back. Don't you worry. As I said next week, Quirky's going to be joining us in studio. He'll probably be riding pine at least for the early start before he maybe gets a start. But you never know. You might stay up there full-time, Big Fat Dar. Saki Boy in the ones and twos, as per usual, absolutely crushing it. In the meantime, stay safe. Enjoy your footy. We'll see you next week. Ciao.